Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Awesome. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. We've been in this series called Yearbook. Somebody say yearbook. Has this been fun or what? This has been a real cool way to kind of reflect as we've taken the whole month of January to look at 25 years as a church and and kind of relive some of those moments and those experiences. We've tied that in with with this idea of yearbook. When you scroll through a yearbook, you see pictures. It, It reminds you of relationships, people who took the journey with you, some of the crazy things that you did. Um, some of the fun moments that you've had. So today I want to give you the installment that we're calling Alma Mata. Alma Mata. In Latin, it literally means nourishing mother. But when we say Alma Mater, we think about the school that we graduated from. How many of you, you still have great memories of the school that you graduated from? Oh, yeah. Class of 1992, Family Christian Academy. Come on, any class of 92 in the house? (laughs) I guess 92. I got to hold it down. I got to bring it strong. Class of 82. (laughs) Class of 72. How many of you, just out of curiosity, let's say, you know, alma mater, how many of you graduated from LSU? Any LSU grads? Okay, what is it about, what are some of the traditions, some of the experiences that make LSU something memorable for you? Sometimes we we tailgate, how many's ever tailgated before? Yeah, you go to Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night, and if they're playing like uh, Florida Gators, part of the tradition of being connected to LSU is you're going to tailgate, but you're going to take the mascot of the opposing team, and you're going to grill it up and eat it, right? So we like fried gator when we play Florida. If we play Arkansas, what are we going to do? Yeah, look, Kushan DeLay. You know, operator, won't you put me on through? I got to send all my love down to Baton Rouge. Hurry up. I can't believe that. Y'all singing that stuff up in here? What? You know what we say in Tiger Stadium, the chance of rain is? Never. Yeah, yeah. It's some of those traditions and songs and experiences that tie us to something bigger than ourselves. How many of you graduated from Southern University? Were you at Southern? All right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about some traditions at Southern University. Every year we play Grambling, right? At the Bayou Classic. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. And what about that marching band over at Southern, huh? Oh, yes. The human jukebox is what they call it. Music in motion. The sometimes duplicated but never imitated. Come on. Mm -mm. Y'all don't want to see me break something down right now. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. What about, you know what I learned this week, too? Even high school, you know, graduates, there's, there's certain traditions at high schools. Anybody graduated from East Ascension High School? Any EA grads, the Spartans? Well, I see some people from Santa, I'll be like, don't you be talking about the other side of the tracks? Mm-mm. 
Yeah, at East Ascension, I think they still do this. The seniors last day, they call it the senior pond jump. Do they still do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you, I mean, it's so exciting because their last day, all the seniors, they got these shirts that have been signed by all their friends, and they show up in like floaties and flippers. And I mean, the, the officials will literally stop traffic and help them cross the street, and the parents show up with cameras so all these seniors can jump in the pond. How many know we need to pray for East Decision High School? Come on, somebody. I love it. All of us have memories and experiences that are connected to the schools that we've come from. And when we talk about alma mater as it relates to the church, I thought it would be good for us to go back to the original church that Jesus birthed 2,000 years ago. In the book of Acts, this is where we get our traditions, our values, and our experiences from. In Acts chapter 2, I want you to read this with me. I'm going to read the last six verses of this chapter. This is a powerful chapter. You ought to read it from start to finish this week. But I want to share with you the last six verses, and let's look at alma mater in the context of local church, where we came from and what we value. Verse 42, the Bible says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. And to sharing in meals. Somebody say sharing. Including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Can I have a good amen? How many believe that miracles are still alive today? That, that God works miracles in his church today? Some of you, turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking at a miracle right now. How many's ever been to Healing Place and you look up across the way and you see somebody that you knew from back in the day and you thought, what in the world? What are they doing here? Come on, anybody, anybody? And then you go up and talk to them and you're thinking like, Man, I, well, how long have you been coming here? I never would have thought that. And they share with you their story and then they look at you and they say, I never thought I'd see you in church either. Come on, miracles, a house full of miracles. The Bible says that the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, verse 44. And all the believers met together, somebody say together, together. in one place and shared, somebody say shared, shared, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared, somebody say shared. shared. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together, somebody say together. At the temple each day, they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared. Somebody say shared. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. How many of you love food? But food tastes better with people that you love. With great joy and generosity. And finally, verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord did what? He added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Can I have a good amen? amen? You see, Healing Place is a microcosm, an extension of the original alma mater, the Book of Acts Church. And what we read in six verses gives us a clue as to what God wants us to be a part of. 
the vision, the values, the experiences, the spirit, the culture that's within a house. I'm telling you, every venue has an atmosphere. You go to Tiger Stadium, there's an atmosphere. You go to somebody's business, there's an atmosphere. You go to somebody's home, you feel something, you sense something. Even when you come to the house of God, there are certain elements that create this thing called culture and atmosphere. Can I have a good amen? And what we see here is is something that's very important to us to be able to continue to express in this house. In fact, when when you came in today, I don't know if you saw anything new in the concourse. How many of you, you, you recognize something a little different? We've updated pictures of church life. There are certain visuals. There are scriptures. There are values that are posted. In fact, before you leave today, you ought to start right over here at entrance number eight and just walk the concourse all the way through to entrance number one and just get a look at what God is doing in this house. It is fantastic. It, it, it just, it's breathtaking to see the vision and the values. Where does that come from? It comes from this original alma mater church, the book of Acts. Now, out of this, and in fact, you'll see it posted on placards. You'll see it on walls. You'll see it in printed pieces. And we talk about this all the time, but I felt like today, on the 25th anniversary of Healing Place Church, it would be good for us to revisit the things that are most important to us. And you know these things, you hear these things all the time. Maybe you're in a next steps environment, you're in a small group, you hear it from this platform, you see it around you. There are three words that this, the, this text gives us that have shaped who we are as a body of believers, and it's the words gather, grow, and go. Gather, grow, and go. If you're taking notes, and we know that history makers are note takers, I want you to write down the word gather. Number one, write down the word gather. Gather. Did you notice that in that six verses that I read, seven times it uses the words together, shared, or fellowship? I mean, you see it sprinkled all throughout that passage. What was it like to be a part of the original? church. When Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, what did he want people to do? He wanted people to share life and experiences together. That's why it's so important to Rachel and me. It's so important to our staff that when you come here on Sundays, you have a sense of belonging, that you feel like, hey, this feels like family. I mean, we want to be big enough to reach the world, but small enough to feel like home. Are you with me? And, and that we work very hard at creating those environments where people can not only know God, but they can be connected to each other. That's one of the things I love about the Deep South. You know, I mean, I thank God for my upbringing in Missouri. But when we moved here in 1987, I'll never forget the very first time I was in Piggly Wiggly. Y'all remember Piggly Wiggly? Oh, man, I've never heard of it. It's a grocery store. I'm, I'm at Piggly Wiggly. I'm thinking this little pig went to the market, this little pig. They got a store named Piggly Wiggly, and I'm going through the checkout line, and the girl behind the counter said, hey, baby doll. I looked around. I didn't know if she was talking to me or somebody she knew behind me. I'm thinking, man, I'm from Missouri. We don't talk like that in Missouri. We barely look people in the eye sometimes, you know? I mean, I'm okay in my space, but don't get in my space. It's okay. I love you from a distance, but don't make me talk to you. She's calling me baby doll. She starts, hey, sweetheart. I'm like, hey, I like this place. <laughs> Listen, if you ever feel discouraged or, or, or disappointed about your life, go to Piggly Wiggly. 
Man, she just, she made me feel like family. I didn't even know her. That's something about the South. I love the hospitality of the South. There's something about the personality of the people here that's warm and caring. You know, and, and in a secular sense, sometimes it could be hard to navigate that. But we know there's something of the kingdom that makes people feel like they belong. And when you come to this house, gathering is so important to us. In fact, you know, we'd go over, you know, people would invite us over to their homes, man. And they say this phrase, hey, make yourself at home. Has anybody ever told you that? How does that make you feel? Oh, man, I'm going to kick my feet up. I'm going to take my shoes off right here. And I'm going to dig up in your refrigerator if I get hungry. Come on. Sometimes we go over to people's houses. Man, I just if they say make yourself at home, look, don't tell me to make myself at home if you don't want me digging up in your fridge, rolling all up in there, digging in the back, moving things. What y'all got to eat up in here? And Rachel be fussing at me like, get out of there. Girl, they told us to make ourselves at home. Come on now. Listen, it's a term that I call refrigerator privilege. When you know somebody and you feel connection to somebody, a spirit of family, you give them permission. Come on. Listen, why would we live life closed up? Oh, you know what? I don't want anybody in. I don't want to let anybody hurt me. I don't want anybody to know. Listen, God said he put them together in community. One translation says they had all things in common. In other words, I can eat out of your refrigerator and you can come out of my house and eat out of mine too. I'll open up the door, make yourself at home. You want some of that? Look, that's about to go bad. If you don't eat it today, we're going to throw it out. Eat it. Gathering together. There's something about that hospitality. You you see it in the New Testament church. I I wrote this down. Something special happens when God's people come together. In fact, I want you to write this phrase down. Somewhere where you're taking notes, write down the phrase, kingdom chemistry. Kingdom chemistry. There's some chemistry. Come on now. There's some, some of you back in the day when you were scoping and hoping and trying to find that girl. Come on. You were looking for chemistry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual connection. How many remembers taking chemistry class in high school? How many don't remember a thing about that class? Yeah. How many have, still have bad dreams and nightmares about that? What's our favorite part of chemistry? It's the lab. How many like getting in the lab? I don't remember a thing, a test that I took, but I have some unforgettable moments in that lab. What do you do? You take some elements and you put them in that little glass thing called a beaker. Remember that? In a beaker. And then you put that beaker on top of a Bunsen burner. Come on. How many are starting to come back to you a little bit? And you put a little heat to that fire, fire. And then things start happening. Chemicals start reacting. And you see what happens when there's chemistry, different elements coming together, causing a reaction, producing massive energy. Did you hear what I said? Different elements coming together, causing a reaction, producing massive energy. You and I are different people, but when we come together, there's a spiritual reaction that produces massive energy, and energy is what moves things forward. Energy is what will take your life to another level. Energy, spiritual chemistry is what brought this church from 12 people 25 years ago to now, last Easter, we had 20,000 people in church. That, my friend, nobody can take credit for but God. See, when we decide to come together, 
You know, I, I love, the, the, I'll show you the power of gathering. I remember in September of 2012, in the fall of 2012, we launched an initiative called the 30 Day Serve Challenge. How many remembers that? 30 days. We said, okay, over the next 30 days, all of our small groups, we, if you're in a small group, we, we, first of all, we encouraged everybody, get in a small group, spiritual family, know and be known, serve and be served, love and be loved, celebrate and be celebrated. If you're in a small group, we're going to give your small group $100. Every small group in the church got $100. We said, now, it's your dream, your idea. Listen to what God's telling you. Take this $100 investment and use it to reach somebody else. Well, Charles Landrino, him and his wife, Carrie, they got together with their small group, and they had a burden to help kids that were aging out of foster care. Many of you know the foster care numbers here in our community. And, you know, the, the, there was just no program for those. I mean, kids would bounce around to different places and, you know, and think about the journey and the experience and, and how difficult that may be. And then once you reach 18, there's really nothing for kids who are aging out of foster care. So they saw this need and felt compelled to do something about it. And so little did they know that Claudia Berry had written a grant that had been funded. We got a government grant that would help us do some programs to serve kids who were aging out of foster care. And so when Charles and Carrie had this idea, they brought it to Johnny. Johnny knew what was happening on the grant side and how HP Serve was involved. I think Healing Place, we did a Kingdom Builders offering and we resourced this ministry. I think the Wilson Foundation contributed something, but there was a house that we were able to lease in downtown Baton Rouge. Well, Charles and Carrie felt such a burden. Hey, we want to make this thing happen. We've got to be a part of this. And so I think the first ever fundraiser that HP Serve did was for this initiative to raise money to purchase this house. And so based on the vision and the passion that God had given Charles and Carrie in this small group, they pulled together their resources. They raised over $75,000 to help purchase a home in downtown Baton Rouge. And this home would become the environment. Environment. I think we've got some pictures. This home would become the environment that boys aging out of the foster care program, could they could live. We have RAs there that would serve these young men. Charles and Carrie, every Christmas and every Easter, opening up their homes, they're downtown mentoring these young men, helping them to set budgets, teaching them about finance. They're getting jobs. They're being educated. And now we have about eight young men living in what we call the Anchor House. It's the Landrino anchor house where these young men are able to find hope and opportunity all because somebody came together. Come on, can I have a good amen? Charles, Carrie, would you stand? I want you to stand. Miss Claudia, would you stand? Pat, can you stand? Can we have all the team stand? All the team. I want these young men to stand. Jeffrey, David, all the guys. Look, these are the young men. This is the team. Come on, put your hands together. This is a miracle in the making. I want to tell you, stay standing just for a moment. You represent what we know and love most about this house, that God has pulled us together to help others. And what God has brought to you, I know that you're going to take that and you're going to, that's going to translate into you helping those around you. I believe that your best days in life are ahead of you. Can I have a good amen? Why don't you put your hands together one more time. Anchor House and the leadership surrounding that.
Come on, somebody say gather. The Bible says that these, this new church, they came together. They met. Now think about it. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. What the Tower of Babel scattered, the day of Pentecost gathered. Can I say that again? That was the Holy Ghost. Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. Man, people were scattered with different languages all across the earth. What the Tower of Babel scattered, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, Jesus said, I'm gathering people. It's interesting how God would use language to scatter people, you know, thousands of years ago, but then he would use speaking in tongues of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to bring people together. I love that about the New Testament church. Tell you, people who aren't connected to each other will eventually drift from their connection to God. Somebody say gather. The second thing, number two, write down the word grow. Grow. What did the early church devote themselves to? The Bible says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. What happens when you devote yourself to the word of God? What happens when you get together in a smaller environment, when you build friendships and relationships? You're not just coming to a large church looking at the back of somebody's head, but now you're face-to-face. You've given somebody refrigerator privilege in your life. Come on now. You're doing life with people you know and you love, and you make a commitment to this book. What happens? You begin to grow. Well, what happens when you make a commitment to prayer, make an investment in worship, when you say, I'm coming to the house of God, you know, I'm prioritizing the word of God, I'm going to do life with the people of God, it's automatic, you just begin to grow. Do you remember, did your mom ever do this? Because my mom did. We, We lived in a trailer for a number of years, in the trailer park, Route 2, Box B16, 13 years, baby, I did life in that trailer, and mom had a, on the door frame, she would mark our height. How many of your mama would take a little pencil and mark how tall you were and put your initials and the date beside it? And then you'd come back six months later and she'd stand you up against that same place on the door frame and she'd put another mark and put your initials and the date beside it. And you say, wait a second, in six months, I've grown two inches. You know, three years later, man, I've grown eight inches. And you just, how did that happen? I mean, for me as a kid, I can remember thinking, well, I didn't see myself grow. I'd look at myself in the mirror. How, what? But the miracle of growth happened almost as if I didn't even know it. You see, mama knew that if, 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 we were, if our bodies were free from sickness, if we had proper nutrition, if we got plenty of rest and we had good exercise, if we had those four things, then growth would happen automatically. I never remember my dad leaning over me at night praying, Lord, just make him six foot two. God, make him six foot two. Grow, son. We need you to grow. We need you to get to the NBA. Six foot two, 225 pounds. All muscle. Lord, grow. Just grow, Lord. Help him to grow. He didn't have to. They made sure that my body was free from sickness, that I had plenty of nutritional food. I got good rest and I exercised. You see, when you can make a commitment to the Word of God, when you devote yourself to prayer, hey, watch this. You don't develop in a day, but you develop daily. Does that help anybody? You don't develop in one day, but each day you're developing. You know, before this building was complete and this arena, and we've got a beautiful worship space. 
We are blessed. The environment, the, the, the place. Now, the church is not the building. The church is people. But we are blessed with a beautiful barn, are we not? This is a gorgeous place. But before we finish the construction on this facility, we broke ground in 2005. And then you know Hurricane Katrina hit August 29th, 2005. And everything changed for South Louisiana and a whole lot of people. Well, the project had to be put on hold. And then the cost of labor and materials tripled. And we thought, what are we going to do? Well, we've tried to persevere, persevere and press through. And, and on the eve of us moving into this, before this place was complete, before they put up the finishing touches, in the, the, the final parts of construction, we felt such a commitment to value the Word of God that we had people sign up, and some of you did this. They signed up in 15-minute increments to read the Bible through from Genesis to Revelation, from cover to cover. And so people would sign up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They signed up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And for 15 minutes, we started in Genesis. We worked our way through the law of Moses. We went through the, 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 the prophets. We went through the Gospels. We went through the Pauline epistles. We finished at the book of Revelation. And so we wanted a, there was a live reading of the Scripture from cover to to cover. And we did that. We read the scripture all the way through and then we still had time and we went back and started in Matthew and read the New Testament again. And so I don't know if you realize this, but within these walls, on these metal studs and in the interior of this building, there are scriptures posted everywhere because we know Psalm 127 verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those that build it, they labor in vain. We know Isaiah 55 11 that says God's word does not return void, but it will accomplish that which he's purposed and will prosper where into the thing that he sent it. We know Joshua 1 8 says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein both day and night to observe, to do according to all that is written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. We know blessed is the man, Psalm 1, verse 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate both day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and shall bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither and everything he does shall prosper. We know Proverbs 4:22. the Bible says God's word is life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. We know Matthew 22, 29, Jesus said, this is your problem. You don't know the scriptures, and so you don't know the power of God. Man, we want to walk in the power of God. We had to make a commitment to the word of God. When you make a decision, I'm going to gather with others, and I'm going to commit to the word. I'm telling you, your life grows. You know, when Rachel and I, we, we lived in Prairieville for, oh, goodness, almost 18 years we first moved in, they put a little twig in the front yard. I said, what's that? They said, oak tree. <laughs> what? That's a stick. No, no, no. It's an oak tree. You know, our neighbors made fun of us every Christmas. They put little decorations on it and they call it a little Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> but you know, something happened in the 15 years that we lived at that house. You know, by the time we moved from that house, that tree had gotten so big, we had to cut limbs off of it because it was growing on top of that. In 15 years, you see, when that tree was just a little sapling, it required some rope and some stakes, and they tied that thing down. It needed a support system. 
But 15 years later, it didn't need a support system. It had a root system. And the roots kept it in the soil. You see, you gather first because you need support. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. But then you get in God's word and you start to develop roots. And then God begins to grow your life and you provide shade. Come on, somebody. Man, your life begins to produce some things, man. And there's life that's coming from you. Everybody say gather. Somebody say grow. Finally, say go. I love, I love the go of the gospel. You see, in the book of Acts, God took 120 people and they were gathered in a small room upstairs. In fact, back in November, when I went to Jerusalem, I had a chance to stand in that very room that scholars believe this is where the Holy Spirit was poured out. And 120 were gathered there in prayer, just obeying what the Lord had said. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. He said, and you will receive power from on high. And when that power comes upon you, you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, what started as a little band of brothers in a small upper room eventually spread across the globe because men and women were committed to go. Acts 17, 6, the Bible says, these that have turned the world upside down. Mm -mm 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 -mm. These that have turned the world upside down, they've come here too. You see, there's a church that's empowered by the Spirit to go. You know what I love about you? You're not content to stay confined to this building. God's put so much inside of you, you just can't sit still. You know that your destiny requires you to get out and do something with what God gave you. I'm telling you, you are here for a reason, you are here for a season, and you are here for a soul. There's a work that God wants you to walk in. It's the go of the gospel. It's the grace that's come to you that God says, now I want it to flow through you. As beautiful as this building is, man, my destiny's not confined to 19202 Highland Road. I walk in my destiny every day when I go to the grocery store, when I'm in the community, when I'm going to pay a bill or going to see a friend or, you know, riding through Chick-fil-A. Come on, somebody. Glory. I feel destiny through Chick-fil-A. Christian chicken the way God intended. But you know what I love about this place? I love seeing those red shirts out in this city. I love it. I love it. How many's ever been somewhere and you see that red shirt? Because that red gets your attention, does it not? And then you look at it because you want to see what kind of logo, what kind of emblem, what kind of symbol. Is that my alma mater? Come on, are those my colors? Are those my people? You, you see that shirt, and you're thinking, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, you go to HPC? How long have you been going? And then you start to share. Wait a second. I've been going here. I, oh, you know so-and-so? You know so-and-so? Wait a second. Wait a second. HPC in the house. Man, we're family. And there's a knowing. There's an understanding. You look at somebody in a red serve shirt, and you're thinking, yep, I know what our mission is. It's to reach the poor, the hurting, the marginalized, the disenfranchised. That red shirt says something. You know, back in the, the flood of 2016, and many of you were affect, affected by that. One of the guys here on staff 
in his neighborhood, the waters began to rise and the streets were covered. So he tells his wife, hey, hold tight right here. I'm going to go down to the fire station. They got a sand pit and I'm going to sandbag as much as I can. I'll be right back. So he leaves and he goes down to that sand pit and he starts digging and he's bagging. And here comes somebody, and he's got like 10 bags there. And they come up, and they pull up the truck. They say, look, perfect. Hey, can, can you load those 10 bags in the back of my truck? He's like, okay. So he loads her up, man, gets her all taken care. Here comes somebody else. Oh, fantastic. It's so good to see. Can you t- take these bags here? Now, he's trying to bag for himself. And everybody's coming up saying, hey, I need bags. I'll take 20 bags. You got 15? Yeah, load those right over here. And he looks around, there, there was one of the pastors in this city had come up and said, man, it's so good to see you. I'll back my truck up here in just a second. Can you put all those bags in my truck? And then he looked down and realized he was wearing a red surf shirt. He said, no wonder everybody's asking me to bag and and load their vehicle. He couldn't save his own house because he was so busy trying to help somebody else. That red surf shirt said something. Oh, listen, if there's hurting people, man, there's a red surf shirt close by. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. Now, thank God he got his sandbags and he got back to his house. He was all right. But it shows you the power. Come on, somebody. You see, the alma mater of this house has always been, and it better always be, to reach the world by serving one. Can you and I make a commitment today that we will gather, we will grow, and we will always go? Can I have a good amen? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.